about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshigma, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. That's the message for this morning. Matthew chapter 14, 22 to 23. 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when the evening came, he, he was alone there. He went to the mountain and he went to pray. As if he knew something was coming. And we've spent three days in the mountain praying. But, but listen to what, after the praying and all that, listen to what he says. But, you see, there's always a but. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves. Tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, Walking on the sea. And, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, in, this, in the midst of the COVID-19, Jesus says, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. I'm going to say that again. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Tap someone who is in your house or tap yourself and clap together says, I will be of good cheer. It is Jesus. I will not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, can you, can you see that? He says, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. Just one word Jesus speaks. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he walked on the waters. He actually walked on the water to go to Jesus. Then there's another but that comes. As you go through this period, trusting God, the but comes. He says, but when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hands and caught him and said to you, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? I, I want everyone to go and listen to my message, how to defeat doubt. Doubt is not the same as unbelief. And he just said, oh, you of little faith. He didn't say he had no faith. Because if he didn't have no faith, he wouldn't step out of the boat. He says, oh, ye of little faith. Why did you doubt? Doubt is different from unbelief. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and washed him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This morning, I'm sitting down this morning because I want to get a message across to you. And I've got a lot to say just in the next 25 minutes. I, I, I want a sound of encouragement to be heard over the airwaves against the sound of despair, gloom, and disaster. Everyone in life, listen to me, everyone in life 
is always moved by the sounds that they are hearing. Luke chapter 1 verse 44 says, For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Everyone, everyone is moved by the sound that they are hearing. Blind Bartimaeus heard before he saw. Blind Bartimaeus, he heard a sound before he actually could see it. That means most of the time we're not affected by what we see. We're affected by what we hear. He heard the sound. And hence, he, he uh, blind Bartimaeus, was able to drown the voice of men by the sound of faith, ladies and gentlemen. It is those who have met with God that are not scared by men. It is those who have met with God that are not scared by this sickness, this disease, this calamity, this pandemic. Those who have heard the voice of God are never worried by the noise of circumstance or by the noise of men. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? Because what you hear can change your life. What are you hearing? Many people, when they hear the sound of encouragement, they go forward. When people hear the sound of discouragement, they fall apart. What are your sons hearing? What are your daughters hearing in your home? Because what you hear, what goes through your ears, actually affects what you see and your mind. Peter should have focused on the word come. He should have focused on the word and not on the world. He should have focused on the word come. What do you focus on? What are you hearing? Are you hearing covenant or are you hearing crisis? Are you hearing promise or are you hearing the problem? The sound of the master's voice. Are you hearing the sound of the master's voice and not the sound of the storm? Because every storm in your life is subject to a voice. Hangobohosha. Every subject in your voice, every storm is subject to a voice. Any storm in your life right now is subject to a voice. Any sickness is subject to a voice. It will hear a voice. There's a voice above the voice. That's why at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And so this morning, I want to teach you, are you going to sink or are you going to stand? Are you going to sink or are you going to stand? Because the difference between sinking and standing is the sound that you hear. So in, in, in a few, few seconds or few minutes, I want to teach you how not to sink during these difficult times. How not to sink. Number one, stop struggling. Say to your family, stop struggling. Stop struggling. How not to sink? Stop struggling. Faith is simply taking the next step. Peter took one step to get out of the boat. One step onto the water. Peter was just doing fine when he was focused on the next step. But got into, the trouble, got into trouble when he lost sight of the next step. <laughs> so I want to ask, why do we find it so difficult to trust God during these times? Why do we keep struggling? Often it is because we are afraid 
things won't go the way we want them to unless we control the circumstances by ourselves. Do you know that Jesus would never have been able to help Peter if Peter was still struggling when Jesus reached out his hands? Many of us are struggling. You know why? Because this thing looks out of control. The less we are in control, the more anxious and worried we become. I want to talk about, talk to all students. I want to talk to all parents. I want to talk to everyone, family and friends. Stop struggling, guys. Stop struggling in your home. Sometimes, faith is an acceptance. When we accept that God, we are in it, but you are with us. That's why the praise and worship this morning was prophetic. All the songs were prophetic. Every song was prophetic. What do you surround yourself with? One of the reasons we battle with the mind and we have unrest is when we always see me. Me. And unless we come to the very end of ourselves, God cannot heal us or God cannot hear us. When all that is left of you is nothing, then God can do something that would make you something. Listen to me. Many people, listen to me. Many people, they love Jesus as their Savior. Many people, they, 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 they love him as a deliverer. They, they love him as a conqueror. You love him because he's your conqueror. You love him because he's your deliverer. You love him because he's your provider. But not many of us are humble enough to accept him as a teacher, to accept him as an instructor, as a leader, a shepherd. And that sometimes that shepherd uses the rod and the staff. Listen to me. We love Jesus because he can provide. We love Jesus because he can do all that. We love Jesus because he is our Lord and our Savior. But now we are in the midst of trouble. And Jesus is saying, settle down. Just come. Just come. Just come. And then we start to struggle. Just come. And then we start to struggle. Because we're thinking that he's not actually doing it the way I feel he should do it. Listen to me. The experience... And the wrestling of Jacob in God touching the hollow of his tie and putting it out of joint was God taking every single strength that Jacob relied upon. Jacob was still fighting. He was still struggling. He was still struggling. And when God took out and touched the ties, his strength was gone. Then God could call him a prince. God will call you a prince when you stop struggling. Guys, we've got to stop struggling. We've got to stop that. You, you, listen to me. You cannot be internally chaotic and address a chaos environment. Come on, throw that out on all your Instagram. You cannot be internally chaotic and address a chaos environment. Everything you do can be done better from a place of relaxation and trust in God. You, are, you, you won't come out of this smelling with the goodness of God if everything within you is chaotic. Stop struggling. Turn to someone and say, stop struggling. Number two, keep looking. Look for Jesus and keep looking to Jesus. I'm going to say this again. Look for Jesus. Peter looked for Jesus. But the mistake he made was he, did, he stopped looking. Looking is present continuous. Although a storm surrounded him, 
Peter looked to Jesus. The only one problem is stop looking at Jesus. The principle is very clear. Especially when life is a tumultuous storm. Look for Jesus and keep looking for Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 of common verse says, Keep your eyes, keep your eyes, keep your eyes on Jesus who began and finished this race that we're in. He's finished this race. He knows about sickness and disease and the coronavirus and everything. He knows about it. But the Bible says, study how he did it. This is Palm Sunday. Study how there was a period of time when everybody was saying to him, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Palms were put down, clothes were put down. The donkey was carrying him there. And everything looked right, but he could sense that this is just the beginning because after a while storms will come. He says, study how he did it. Because he never, listen, listen to this, this will bless you. Because he never lost sight. Somebody said, I will not lose sight. He never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. The cross, the shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. Can you put up with the cross? Can you put up with the shame? Can you put up with the deeds? Can you put up even if you've lost your job? The Bible says, let's look unto Jesus. Let's not lose sight of what he has done. Focus on Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, not yourself. It makes makes you keep your eyes on the goal. It equips you to go through the pain barrier. Those who reach to the top of Everest, focus on the top and not what is in between. If you focus on what is in between, you will never get to the top. Ladies and gentlemen, worship Tabernacle. Look up. Tell someone, look up. Tell yourself, I will look up. Look up. Every environment you're in is conducive for the covenant. Those who look around, they don't go far. Those who look up in this time are the ones who will stay up. Once you set your mind on Christ, the peace of God will start to flow into your life. The peace is the fruit of the Spirit. Your work is setting your mind. God's work is providing the peace. Yesterday I was at home and my wife said, all you need to do is just relax. All I need to do is to cook. And when the table was set, I didn't have to think of how am I going to put the food together. The table was set before me in the midst of the enemies of coronavirus. I still enjoyed myself. You're going to have to be able to get to this stage where you just set your mind on God and let God do the rest. He is the one that does not sleep or slumber. You should sleep. You should sleep. Many are, are, are freaking out. Oh, I just started this relationship. That guy may suddenly leave me because he hasn't seen me. Sit down and relax. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. If it is yours, it is yours. Oh, that job, I may lose it. I just got that job. Sit down and relax. Look up because the environment right now is negative, but it is conducive for the covenant of God. What do you focus on? Do you focus on the problem? Do you focus on the problem? Do you focus on the mistakes? Because listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, if you, if you don't get anything from this, just listen to this one thing. Fear will sink you. Fear will sink you. When Peter had faith, he walked on waters. 
when he fear, he sank in the water. The peace of God will work regardless of the situation you're in. Let me say this, and I need to say this clearly. This will be a controversy, but I'm going to say this. I want to say this to my people. I want to say this to worship tabernacle. I want to say this to people who trust in their pastor and not in anything else. Coronavirus, during this coronavirus, what may kill people may not be the virus, but the fear of the virus. Listen to me. Many times, people will have an accident and they see the car coming. And before the car hits them, after the accident, they check them. No injury, no blood, no, 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 no brain damage, no, no damage to the hands, no injury at all, no internal bleeding. But they died. Why did they die? Because they died before impact. It is the fear that killed them, not actually the accident. And many of you need to understand that you need to get out of the fear except you will sink. It's, it's not even the virus that may kill many people. It is the fear of the virus. It is the fear of these conspiracy theories that is producing fear. Fear will sink if you don't focus. Let me say this as your pastor. Many of you are running after all these conspiracy theories. All this 5G stuff that is going all over the place. I actually wonder, let me say this, when the 5G actually comes out, all these pastors and all these people that are producing dupe, I want to see what kind of phones they will start using. All these theories, it has happened before. And many of us are running towards these false predictions. I remember I, I, I heard something when one man says, it is a 5G thing. I don't really care. I'm under the secret place of the Most High God. And he said that we need to start putting foils on every single window of our house. Foil. Maybe he's selling foil. Put it so it stops the radiation. Somebody came out with, 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 with cryptocurrency or this kind of currency. They're selling their stuff. One of the men, one of them predicted, they said, I'm telling you as a man of God, by 2022, in the next two years, there's no forgiveness of sin. If you sin, that's the end of it. I'm like, seriously? Who puts an expiry date on the blood of Jesus? Who, who really has the authority and the autonomy to say that the, the, the cross, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ has an expiry date? Who has, when Jesus died, did he say, my blood can only forgive sins up to 2022? Guys, let's stop this stupidity. It's only producing fear. And you're listening at it, and you're looking at your pastor as if he doesn't get it. I stand for truth. I stand for faith. 2022, are you serious? The blood of Jesus expires in 2022. If you go down to history, you would have learned this. Herbert Armstrong, the founder of the Worldwide Church of God, told members of his church that the rapture was to take place in 1936 and that only they would be saved. After the prophecy failed, he changed the date three more times, 1944 and 1972. Jim Jones, 1967, declared that there would be a nuclear holocaust. Joe Rowe predicted that the Amagadon and, and the Joe Rowe and William Braham predicted 
that the Amagodon and the rapture would occur no later than 1977. We're still here. 1981. I'm going to mention some names here. Chuck Smith, the founder of Calvary Chapel, predicted the generation of 1948 will be the last generation and that the world will come to an end. Nostradamus, which stated that the king of terror would come in the sky in 1999 and seven months, was frequently interpreted as a prediction of doomsday in July 1999. Nothing has happened. In 2000, two great men that wrote some serious books around, authors says that the Y2K bug would trigger a global economic chaos, which the Antichrist would use to rise to the power. As the date approached, however, they changed their minds. I was in IT right now. All that happened between 1999, December 31st, and the 1st of 2000 was me getting money. They paid me six times my daily rate. The so-called blood moon prophecy first predicted in 2008 and in 2014. What has come of it? Wieland, who previously predicted that the world will end in 2011, 2012, and then 2013 predicted in 2018 that Jesus would return on June the 9th, 2019. Prior to the dates occurring, he began to express some doubts regarding his own predictions. Ladies and gentlemen, we've heard this before. And there are five ways the devil introduces fear and makes you lose focus. Number one, doubt. You start asking yourself, did God really say can I really trust God? Doubt. And all these things you're reading and all these, this, 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 this eschatological nonsense that many people are writing to become popular is only producing doubt. Number two, the way the devil introduces fear is discouragement. Satan tells you you're never going to get better. Your life won't change. Don't even try. This sickness will take you out. Number three, delay. You ask yourself, why is this taking so long? As I'm about to start something, this coronavirus, this sickness, this, 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 this financial disaster has come and it's put a delay on my plans, my wedding plans, my relationship plans, my engagement plans, my job plans, my plans that I, that, 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 that I want to succeed as a great actor, the great actress. God, why is this happening? You know what? You started walking on water, but you've now lost focus. I call it the five Ds. Number four, difficulty. You ask yourself, why is this so hard? Why is it hard for me to sit at home? Why is it hard that I haven't got what I've got? Why is it so hard to make my marriage work? Why is it so hard to get a job? Why is it so hard? Why is my home so hard? You've got the answer. Do you want to sink during this time or do you want to stand on the word of God? And number five, the, 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 next, the next D is depression. You tell yourself, it's not worth it. You don't even feel like making an effort. Let me say this to you, by the word of God, the switch has happened. Once you obey the word, come. Jesus says, come. Once you obey the word, come. Even though you have not seen it, do not look at the things that are seen because they're temporal. Although there is a prophetic word that has gone ahead and there's an immediate shift once that word goes ahead of you. It goes from doom to greatness. When Jesus says, come, Jesus says, I'm going to take you to the next level. Come on, someone. 
I hope this is a blessing. Forget all the doom. That's not what God wants us to focus on right now. Keep looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. So let's go through it again. Stop struggling. Keep looking. And the last thing I want you to do is keep reaching. Keep struggling. Stop struggling, sorry. Stop struggling. Keep looking and keep reaching. Reach out. Keep reaching out for the hands of the master. When, when Peter was about to sink, he says, Jesus, help me. He reached out to Jesus. Psalm 55 verse 22 says, Cast your burdens on the Lord. Release it and he will sustain and uphold you. Listen to me. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Hey, hey. He will never allow the righteous to be what? Shaken. Slip. Fall. Or fail. Is that not good news? Keep reaching to the word. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good that you are beyond the need of God's grace. Your inability to know that he is there exposes you to a lifetime of misery. You must know that although you cannot see him at times, he's always beside you. Be still and know he is God. The success of a fish is by staying in water. Stay in the presence of God. Stay in the presence of God. Whatever can disconnect you from his presence has disconnected you from plenty. Whatever can disconnect you from his presence disconnects you from, from plenty. You've got to trust in God and you've got to kill all these nonsense and all this fear that wants to sink you instead of allowing you to stand. He says, stand therefore, having your loins guarded with the word of truth. As I was coming this morning, my wife showed me something and it blessed me. And I want to share with you. Listen to me before I close. There are two things you need to distance yourself from. There's something called social distancing. That's good. Two meters apart. We follow and we obey that even in, in us carrying out our duties. The sun is out right now. Many people may want to go out right now, stay at home. Unless it's necessary. Unless it's essential. They call it social distancing. But there's another thing that I saw that someone wrote and blessed me. It's called mental distancing. Mental distancing. Social and mental. Mental. Let me read what they put there. As we practice social distancing, let us also practice mental distancing. Mental distancing means staying away too. Stay away from what? Stay away from quack doctors on WhatsApp and Facebook who claim that they have the cure for coronavirus. Stay away from those pastors. One fool, and though he's a pastor, put it online and was selling a, an anointing oil and a, and, and, and a clothes for 90 pounds. You evil man. How dare you use and merchandise the blood and the word of God for your own gain? And many of you are running towards that. One oil, one, 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 one concussion, one, one yarn 
for 90 pounds and then he can also pray for you for 910 pounds. Get away from all these quack pastors, quack doctors, quack, quack people on Facebook. Number two, I've said this already, opportunistic prophets who claim that they saw the virus coming. You see the gullibility of the, this whole thing is that, you know, I can also do a recording right now and backdate it two years ago and then put it on the internet and get a congregation and put it there and superimpose myself and says, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, China, China, China. Uh, virus, virus, virus. May, some of them, I'm clear, may have predicted right, but many of these things that we're looking at, it's just a lie. Give me the solution. Give me the solution. Distance yourself. Mental distancing. Conspiracy theorists who believe that this virus was manufactured from the lab. Get away. Social, mentally distance yourself from neurotic friends who infect you with fear by constantly updating you on the number of corona-related deaths but won't say anything about the positive cases of recovery. Come on. Let's talk about the things that are good report. Allow Jesus into the situation. Never in your life delete the hand of divinity. No challenge before you is superior to the grace of God. And let me conclude by saying this. Jesus has the ability to walk on the troubled ways of our trying circumstances, affliction, and problems. Jesus, Jesus, that's the name I want to lift up in your home. Jesus has the ability to walk on the troubled waters. The storm was there, but he was still walking. And he bids you and I to join him in walking triumphantly over our circumstances. A feat that is only possible if we take him at his word. Number two, step out in faith and keep our eyes upon him and continue to believe this one command. Come. Of course, we cannot actually walk on waters today, but the idea in the scripture is to tell us we can walk victoriously over the things that bring trouble and distress into our lives. So what is God saying to you? He's saying you have to stop struggling now. He says you have to keep looking and then keep reaching. Come, Jesus said. Remember that Peter had doubts, but Jesus still saved him. You may have doubts sometimes. You may have a sniffle. You may have a cough. If I <coughs> cough right now, somebody says, Pastor, all right, relax. You may have a cough. You, you, you may have a fever. But come. Come to the Almighty God. Come to the Waymaker. Come to the Healer. Come to the God that can save. Don't go to these things on the internet. Stop posting. You help people out. Stop posting negativity. I put a ban on all our WhatsApp groups. Stop posting negativity. I'm saying this again. Stop posting it because if you do, I will call you personally. Stop posting negativity. Stop posting death. Why don't you talk about testimonies of those who have survived it? 
who use the word of God. You are a child of God. You can't even, you can't even help someone if you see them fall down on the streets because you say, I don't know if he has coronavirus. And yet you say you dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. We can't even help you to even cancel people over the phone to help us. This morning I've, gone, I've done deliveries around. We have a grandmother who, yes, they may, have, may give them food, but it's raw food. All throughout yesterday, my wife was cooking chicken, lamb, different kinds of stuff. And I've gone today to houses to, to hand deliver them, put it in front of their door, give them a phone call. Grandma, Grandpa, it's outside right now. Come and pick it out. What are you doing? You're just sitting in your home and just brewing out negativity. People need help. And that's the word of your pastor today. People need help. Help us. What has, what, what has 5G new, uh, issue got to do with what I'm going through right now? And I don't care how high that pastor is. I don't care who you are. That is not what is helping me right now. People are losing their jobs. People are afraid of their lives. People are afraid of things that are happening. You're talking to me about 5Gs and radiation. And you're misquoting it. I did physics. Please. Stop all this that is going on and keep reaching out to Jesus. And if you're not a child of God, this is your time to come to Jesus. Because you, all this is producing fear and you will sink instead of standing. Wherever you are right now, why don't you stand? Stand with me. Wherever you are at home, stand and say, I'm going to take a stand for Christ. I'm going to take a stand for the Lord Jesus. I'm going to take a stand for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm going to take a stand on the promises of the Word of God, not on the problems. I'm going to take a stand and I'm going to be a help to people around me. I'm going to take a stand because no disease can come near my dwelling place. I'm going to take a stand. I can help people. There are doctors, there are nurses that are out there right now. And yet you as a Christian, you're running all over the place, fearing, sitting down at home putting on masks and all that kind of stuff, thinking that your life is going to go pear-shaped because you touch someone. I, I, I believe in the advice. I believe in washing your hands, but I don't believe in you spewing out negativity. I believe in following the guidelines of the, of the government and you should stay at home. But I'm saying to you that stop entertaining fear. Give out hope to people around. Help those who are in need. And keep looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I'm telling you, as you do that, God will start to bless you. Bow your heads. If you've not given your life to Jesus, you've got to come to him. Because the, 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 yesterday we heard about a hospital running out of oxygen and things going around. They're doing their best. They're doing their best. But sometimes things happen. But there's one place, faith, grace, healing will not run out. And that is with the Lord Jesus. Let me invite you right now. Let me invite you. If you've never given your life to Jesus, say this word after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Today, I repent of all my sins. And I say, Jesus, be my Lord and my Savior. Cover me and protect me as I trust you. I'm a child of God right now. I'm born again. I'm a new creation all things have passed away everything has become new in jesus name you've been listening to ty adashugba 
pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.